I love a good podcast, as you know, and I'm always happy to share resources for parents who are looking for creative, smart content that both entertains and offers enrichment for curious kids everywhere. So I'm happy to let you know about this awesome new show from the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, The Adventurous World of Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. The series explores themes that kids like ours love, like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. And episodes transport kids into iconic periods in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England. So cool. New episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a perfect length for those car rides, for meal times, for break times, and bedtimes. What I love about this show is that it's kind of like listening to a book on tape. The story is captivating and includes lots of problems listeners can try to solve. The voice actors are fantastic, and the math concepts are seamlessly weaved into the narrative. It's exactly the kind of show Ash would have loved a few years ago, especially during our homeschool years, because finding that perfect blend of entertaining and educating, it isn't always easy. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey there, it's Debbie, and welcome to Playback Friday. Every Friday, I'll re-release one of my favorite conversations from the archives. Unless you're a longtime listener of the show, there's a good chance you haven't heard this one yet. And even if you have, you just may get something completely different listening to it this time around. So the kid, you know, might be saying, look, all day long, I've felt like I was getting told you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're messing up. And the kid arrives to afternoon practice completely frustrated. And one little thing sets him off, you know, For the coach to have the knowledge, the awareness, say, okay, the best thing to do is not to jump on this kid right now, to think about where it came from, but coming from the kid's voice, like, this is what I need. This is what could be helpful. Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. My name is Debbie Reber, and I'm the host of the show. And today's episode is a completely new topic for this podcast, and something I'm really excited to share because I have a sense that many listeners would benefit from knowing about this resource, especially if you have a differently wired child who is athletic or is really into sports. My guest is Susan Stout. She's the founder of Own Beat Athlete, which is a new resource aimed at helping athletic coaches understand their athletes who march to a different beat. Susan knows from personal experience as an athlete herself, as a former coach, and as the parent of an athletic differently wired child, that many great athletes can be challenging to coach because of their wiring. They can be easily frustrated, they can be disruptive or forgetful, inconsistent. But Susan also knows that these athletes can be a team's greatest assets. So her goal is to equip others with what she wishes she knew when she was a coach and to try to support and bring out the best in many athletes who don't fit the mold with a specific focus on athletes with ADHD, learning differences, and anxiety. 
This is a really interesting conversation and Susan's resources are a great starting point for listeners who want to bridge that gap of knowledge between their child's behavior and their child's sports coach. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much. And now here is my conversation with Susan. Hello, Susan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. You know, you are a member of the Tilt community and you emailed me a, a, I don't know, a long time ago, planting the seed that you were developing what we're going to be talking about today. And you've now launched your program. And so I'm excited to share the really interesting work that you're doing with with the rest of the Tilt tribe. But before we get into that and learn more about your work, can you just introduce us to who you are and a little bit about your personal why? Sure. I come to this through, I think, as a lot of people do, through a lot of number of paths in my life that at points I was thinking, how are these fitting together? And now they've all really converged into something that is is near and dear to my heart and that I'm really excited about. I started off, professionally, I started off as a teacher and as a swim coach. I had been a pretty serious swimmer and that I often talk about that as the best job that I ever had, where I was just so locked in, I would lose all track of time and just loved, you know, forming the relationships with the kids and the parents. And the thing that I like the best about it that really transfers into the work that I'm doing now is you, you really start with kids who are young, and watch them grow until they're older. And I didn't feel the same way about teaching. So I did that for a short time. And and when I was teaching, I had to stop coaching as well. And after that, I got a master's in education and worked for some educational nonprofits. And that sort of directed my interest towards the legal areas of education. So I sort of late in the game, I went to law school and I became a litigator. And you can see where my paths are all over the place. But as, <laughs> as a litigator, I, I worked with kids on, on a pro bono basis. I represented kids and families who's, um, when the students were not getting the special education services to which they were entitled in the DC public schools, which is a, a large number of kids. And that really kept me excited and grounded in the field of kids and education and families. And I'm, I'm still an attorney. I work now with the county here, but I have begun my own beat athlete project, which, you know, really pulls together a lot of those interests and is, was sparked by becoming the, the parent of a differently wild child who also happens to be a very excited and avid athlete. But I have watched him and others struggle to find their way in a lot of the programs, you know, whether it's a rec program and the kids are there to have fun or whether it's a higher level program and there's, there are more demands on time and executive functioning and commitment. And I've watched both the effects on the athletes. I've watched the coaches struggle with it. And as a parent, I've, you know, dealt with it at at home and trying to make that a the wonderful positive experience that the that sports really can and should be, especially for a lot of these kids, it's really important. And not have it be one more place where they feel like they're frustrated and not fitting in and, and not able to make it work. So 
I, I, rec- I recognize sort of the, the reasoning behind Ombid Athlete is I, I realized that a lot of this starts with the coaches and with coaches' information. I look back at myself when I was a coach and I was, you know, as I said, I was all in. I loved it. I had these long relationships with families. I didn't know any of this. I knew the words ADHD. I knew dyslexia, but I didn't know what it meant. And I, I didn't, I don't, I now realize I didn't coach to it very well. And had I had that information, um, I would have been much more effective, I think, with those kids and those families. So that's where I am today is trying to to get that word out and, and educate really the coaches and, and my other audiences are, are the families who I think a lot of the, what I talk about in my work is also helpful, you know, very similar to the advice for parents and to know how to, for a lot of the athletes um, themselves to start to recognize them because I work, I talk both about the things that are challenging, but the other part of my message is these kids are fabulous assets to any program. And it's, you know, up to the coach to be able to bring those things out, but also really instills confidence in the kids to see, you know, I've got profiles of, you know, athletes who have been very successful, but just for any kid to realize hey, you know, I have something special to bring to this program. It's not just a matter of making me fit into this box. Exactly. Well, tell us a little bit more about Own Beat Athlete and, you know, what you currently offer for coaches. And maybe, I don't know, if you have a master plan, like, you know, where do you see it kind of evolving into? I, You know, you just recently launched, I know, the, the website. I'll uh, make sure to share in the show notes so people can check it out. It's really well-designed and it's just great. Like it has a great energy about it. So tell us more about what you're hoping to do through Ombeat Athlete and what you currently offer. Okay. Ombeat Athlete right now, the website is the vehicle. Um, I have intermediate plans and I have huge dreams and well, start with where I am now, which is the website is designed for coaches. I say, and parents and athletes, but primary, the primary audience is coaches to be able to go and at a pretty quick glance, learn what they need to know to recognize some of these athletes. I know you talk in your book and I talk a lot about how these differences are invisible and coaches often don't know. And so my first goal with the website is awareness. You're to be able to say, look, this is, this is a thing. This is what it looks like. It can look like. And for them to be able to educate themselves about, both what it looks like and then tools for, okay, what can I do? What are some quick tips that I can learn? I mean, these coaches, most of them don't have a ton of time. They're very immersed in their coaching. This is, you know, relationship building and aspects of kids differences in mental health are much more in the conversations today, but it's still not the core of what they're trying to figure out for their program. So I want them to be able to go on and they can get, you know, some concise bullets. Right now I focus on ADHD, learning differences and anxiety as sort of three buckets. Although, as you know, know, they overlap Mm -hmm. and it's not necessary really to target it, you know, figure out which one it is. You're not trying to diagnose, but say, these are some of the things that I, that I'm seeing in my kids 
And then some real concrete tools. I call it the coach's toolkit. You know, there are 11 tips, 11 facts about each of those differences. And then 11 tips. What can I do? You know, I can, you know, instead of talking for 10 minutes and then wondering why the kid doesn't remember, you know, the play that I just told him, I can recognize that it's not going to remember things I say. I need to write it down. Um, you know, instead of, Talk, you know, if, if a kid is having difficulty paying attention, instead of reprimanding him, throwing him out, maybe I can let him sit on an exercise ball or talk to him later. So really concrete things that the coaches can do right away. Um, uh, but I also do have up there because I think there is an audience in a lot of the coaches and I think also helpful to the parents and the athletes. Um, there's a blog section where I go a little deeper and one approach that I've taken that I think works well with coaches because what I'm trying to do is get them to really relate. What I've found is that the coaches who have been told they have, you know, one or more kids who are differently wired will engage a little more. They're very excited about it. Others they're not so sure because they don't know yet. And so what I'm trying to do is make it very relatable to things they've seen. And I've got, you know, one blog section that has letters to coaches written from a kid's perspective. So the kid, you know, might be saying, Look, all day long, I've felt like I was getting told, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're messing up. And the kid arrives to afternoon practice completely frustrated, and one little thing sets him off. You know, for the coach to have the knowledge, the awareness, say, okay, the best thing to do is not to jump on this kid right now, to think about where it came from, but coming from the kid's voice, like, this is what I need, this is what could be helpful. Um, I also really highlight up there, there's one section called what's behind the behavior. And that again is pretty quick bullets for the coach to be able to see, you know, I see this kid, I'm angry. I'm taking it personally. You know, I feel like the kid is just misbehaving or he can't ever remember what I said, or he's never listening to take a pause and say, wait a minute, this is a biological difference. I mean, that's one thing that I, I hit pretty hard. It's not something they can improve just by trying a little harder. And these are some things that you can do. So I I start out with with that approach. But also, the next section is the OBA superpowers, as I call them. Like, this is why you you don't want to help these kids just, you know, out of kindness or just to make your job easier, to make the behavior easier, but because of what they can bring. And this is one thing. I think the first time that I reached out to you was when I was just was reading your book. And it resonated so much with my view that, we really need to change how we're looking at these kids, not as kids that we're trying to mold into a way that will make it easier for us to parent or to um, have them at our practice, but to really say, wait a minute, the world needs to take advantage of these different ways of thinking and different strengths and different skills. So through the superpowers section, you know, they can see again, really sort of bulleted approach that some of these athletes can hyper-focus you know, like no one else. So they're in a game, everyone else is losing it, and they can really keep doing what they need to do. They have a ton of energy, they're resourceful. And then I put up because I I think a lot of times coaches and athletes can relate to this. I've got videos on the site of some Olympic and professional athletes who have talked on, you know, in videos about their ADHD, their dyslexia, the struggles that came with that, their anxiety and coaches that have helped them through, or even, you know, the things that they see as strengths. There's one Olympic rower. I just love it. He's like, you know, a boat is a whole team and it has, 
you know, everyone has a different skill and a different um, approach and everyone is needed in that boat equally. So, you know, my, my skill was, I was always bringing the energy and the, you know, the focus. So I, I really love that visual of it. It's how I see the whole site is showing coaches that every kid that they have has strengths and weaknesses. And there's some really concrete things you can do to help these kids shine and enjoy what they're doing and, and reach their potential. What's the outreach like in terms of connecting with coaches? I'm, as I'm listening, I'm wondering, A, do coaches even know that they need this information? And B, how willing are they to, like, are they seeking it out themselves? Or do you have a plan for outreach? Yes. Well, and that's get to the next part of your question. So where I'm going to go from the website, I think most of them don't know. I think that is that is the biggest hurdle and also the biggest opportunity to make a real change is that they don't know because they don't see it in the kids. They might see a kid just like I did when I was coaching. Oh, why is that kid always, you know, banging on the lane line and not listening to me and asking me 10 seconds later what I said, why won't he just listen? And now with my, the information and experience that I have as a parent, um, I can say, oh, okay, well, maybe if instead of talking to them while they're in the water, we all get out and walk around the deck and, you know, do something different. And, and I guess just a, a side point on that, I think the coaches, well, they don't know, let, let me finish this thought, they don't know that they need it. And therefore, my approach is to tell them why they know. I am working both to reach out to individual coaches and also their coaches are required to do a lot of training often to, you know, to get certified it, at the rec league level. It might be, you know, they pull all the coaches in on one Saturday and train them in a large number of things at a higher level at the USS level. And certainly at a collegiate or national level, the coaches do a lot of training and they might do it through an organizational body or other groups. And so I'm, my approach is to do outreach, to let those groups, the people who are providing the training at you know the first level understand why this is important and to include it. And right now I am I'm also directing, you know, individual coaches to my website. But my my plan in the long term is to have other vehicles to get that training out. Since there's only one me, I am planning to have a video approach, um, which I think may be the most useful for a lot of these programs. You know, if I can send them a video and they can add that in as 10, 20 minutes into their training program, at least the coaches have the awareness and then the ones, you know, they can take it back and dig into the more detailed information on the website. So, so that's sort of my shorter term. I'm also looking to get some more athletes involved, some of the athletes who have been successful with this and profile them and, and hopefully include some of their success stories. Because I think a lot of times you say the coaches don't know. And if you can bring it down to their sport or to what they're seeing day to day, then it will really resonate. We'll be right back after this quick break. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, 
a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. You know, and I think another avenue that I've had a lot of success with so far is with parents, because the the parents are the ones who do know. And so I've had a lot of parents say to me, this is helpful to me to be able to inform my son's coach or my daughter's coach. And, and, it, and it, it's helpful, especially in what can be sort of an awkward situation for a parent, especially as the kids get older, you don't want to be, or your kid doesn't want you to be there having a half hour conversation with your coach about what they can and cannot do or what might help them or what they're uncomfortable with or why they're so great. So to be able to email the coach, and I've had a number of parents do this and say, this is something about my kid, this might be helpful, and then really be able to step back and let the coach have the information without the parent feeling overly involved. And now a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash tiltparenting and browse through the selection of audio programs, download a title for free and start listening. 
You can grab audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. This month, I'm reading two books with Audible. One is Wuthering Heights because I have assigned it to Asher for school, and there's no way I can read it as fast as he can, so I'm listening to it. I also downloaded Trevor Noah's Born a Crime, which Asher and I started listening to while on a road trip last weekend. To download your free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com slash tiltedparenting. And now, back to the show. Yeah, I would think that would be really important. I, that was one of my questions about parents disclosing. I think that's something most listeners have weighed at one point or another. Who do I tell? Maybe the teacher needs to know. Maybe the after school activity person doesn't need to know or, you know, the camp counselor, whatever. Um, and I think there is always that concern about maybe putting a bullseye on your kids back if you, if you talk about it too much. So I love this idea that you know, they don't have to be the ones just, you know, sharing all this deep information and and going into that level of detail, but just saying this is going on. And here's a great resource you might want to check out. Yes. And, and, you know, that comes from my personal experience, too. You know, I would always ask, you know, my son, do you want me to tell should you know, what should we do and, and made sort of made that his choice, Mm because it was his, you know, and is his information that's changed a little bit over time, and and it might vary by situation. But it is also even if the kid is resistant, you know, himself, maybe as a as a high school student, or, you know, to to having that conversation and putting that out there, you can't expect the coach to be understanding and as able to deal with it if you don't let them know. So it's not an easy that that is not an easy it's a tricky balance to strike. Mm-hmm. And one that I think that this website I hope can also help parents to have those conversations with their kids to say, you know, I know you don't want to be that kid or you know the kid who the coach is doing something special for, but here are some pros and cons. These are some of the things your coach might be able to do. I mean, I think one thing that I emphasize in my you know, bullets for coaches is a lot of this behavior that you're seeing, it's not directed about, at you. It's not about you. The kid is frustrated and you know, ha- doesn't have the coping skills to say that in the right way. So to show the kid, you know, if your coach has this information and is able to work with you and let you move or write things down, or then your experience will change. And I think sometimes that can help the kids to appreciate that there's a different reason for, for letting the coach know. And another thing that, that I emphasize, you know, for the athletes and also for the coaches is, you know, these coaching tools, first of all, they're, they're helpful to any kid. A lot of the emphasis on the site is you don't want to say, okay, well, for Johnny, we're writing this down. You know, we're just writing it down. We're just putting the workout on a big board up at the front of the, you know, front of the gym so that everyone can see it. But there are instances where the coach may make an accommodation or the kid might, you know, act out in a certain way. And the coach might take a pause and say, okay, I can deal with that right now. I'm going to wait until things have cooled off, or I'm going to, you know, talk about it later when these kids can really be insightful about it. And I think coaches worry a lot about treating different kids differently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of, in a lot of athletic programs, traditionally, it's like, you know, here are the rules and you got to be with the program. 
And I, I want coaches to understand that kids get it. The other kids get it. And if it's done skillfully, then it's just another way of understanding every kid. Every kid is different. And learning what the best ways are to bring out the best in each of them. So I think the more we can move towards that and the less coaches feel that you know they have to treat every single kid in the exact same way is helpful. Right. You know, as we're talking, I'm thinking about that meme, which I wrote about in my book, and it still kind of gets me ah, a little annoyed, um, that went around a few years ago. I'm going to just share it. I'm sure you are very familiar with it. Your child's success or lack of success in sports does not indicate what kind of parent you are, but having an athlete that is coachable, respectful, a great teammate, mentally tough, resilient, and tries their best is a direct reflection of your parenting. You know what? I've never seen that, but... (gasps) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, that... I still remember the morning that came through my Facebook newsfeed. I was not a happy mama, but... That leads me into the question, you know, what are, I guess, what are some of the struggles um, that you see more common struggles that differently wired kids might have in successfully participating in sports? And some of those barriers to, to true understanding. I mean, you you just talked about the coaches need to have that authority, like there is, a, there are dynamics that are set up. And so it seems like there'd be lots of potential trouble areas here. What are some of the most common ones? A lot of the most common ones are ones that I mean, it's, it's all going to sound very familiar to parents with just the same struggles that these kids have in getting through the day, you know, in school, at home. I mean, I think the ones that are very commonly understood by coaches, you know, and by the uninitiated in the world are, they might be restless, they might be impulsive, they might talk back. But the pieces that they're often missing, I think, are the emotional pieces, the highly sensitive, or the kid who might be quietly distracted, or disorganizing. Why do you never have the right uniform? Why are your shorts at home when your, you know, shirt is here, I'm putting you on the bench. Another one is inconsistency inability and performance. And in saying that, I don't necessarily mean sports performance, but sort of, you know, one day the kid is able to remember what you said and follow the directions and the next day they can't. And so then to the coach, it looks like this kid isn't trying. You could do it yesterday. He must just not be wanting to do that today. Um, another that comes up a lot in, in sports is difficulty with sort of setting goals and long-term planning and then following through. So the kid might say, Oh, I really want to make it to nationals, but then to set those daily goals and follow through that requires a lot of executive functioning. Um, anxiety and overwhelm is another one that, you know, it comes out in ways that look like anger or looks like, you know, shut down, or it doesn't, it's not the kid coming up and saying, Oh, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous. We've got a big game today. It's the kid who's screaming at you about something totally unrelated. And it takes peeling off the layers to figure out that they're anxious because they're starting for the first time. So what I'm hoping to do is unlock some of that information so that the coach can then deal with it in a way that's more helpful. And, and those are some of the things that I think are not as easily obvious results of the different wiring. Well, you know, you're a lifelong athlete, and this is kind of your area of passion. Tell us what you see 
as being the biggest benefits for that marriage of sports and differently wired kids. And, and just as a caveat, I know that not every kid is an athlete. I mean, you know, organized sports is not a part of my child's life. And so it's not necessary. But what do you see the benefits being for differently wired kids participating in, in athletics? Well, I'm glad you said that because I, I, as I talk about these, only the first one that I see the sort of the exercise piece that is really great for everybody, you know, for all kids. You know, I think about how I feel when I get up and go outside at the take a walk in the middle of a day at my desk. Um, you know, that's ten times you know for some of these kids, but a lot of the benefits of sports are also found, and I think a lot of these this information in these tools could be the same as, you know, if you're in scouts or if you're in theater or doing something else after school where just the benefits of being in in a group and doing something outside of the classroom. So I think a lot of this does transfer. But, you know, for all kids, I think the benefits of sports are, you know, the exercise, the social skills, the camaraderie. And I think back on my experience, I, I have friends now who I haven't seen in, you know, probably 25 years. And if I picked up the phone, I would have a conversation with them like it was yesterday from, you know, the bonds that we formed. But I think even specifically why it's even more important for these kids is that a lot of them struggle in the school relationship, in other context to form social relationships, social skills and groups. And so having a shared goal, a shared interest can make that a lot easier. And if you have a skilled coach, I mean, this is really another place where I'm going with, with OBA is if you have a skilled coach, the involvement of that adult, especially as the kids get older, and you're no longer having playdates that are facilitated by a number of thoughtful moms, um, having the adult presence there when you're sort of aging out of other supervised relationships can be really helpful and can also provide the kids with sort of that adult non-parent mentor that can be so important in the teenage years when maybe the parent is the very last person that the kid wants to listen to. I, I remember days, you know, if my coach told me that I had had a good practice, I was on cloud nine and that influence can be really strong and really positive if it's done in the right way. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? 
My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So, okay. So for parents who are listening to this and their kids are involved in uh, sports, what can they do in their homes and their families to set up their kids to be able to handle tricky situations that might come up with their coaches, like how to learn how to be a better advocate for themselves. So it's not the parent stepping in, but so the kid understands what they need and how to ask for it. Right. What I, what I always say first is that the best thing that a sports parent can do is listen. And that's the good, the bad, the win or lose. I mean, a lot of times it's just silence for a while, you know, just letting the kid, a lot of those emotions stay in for the kid, especially for differently wired kids who are trying so hard to, to toe the line and it can explode afterwards, whether it's good or bad. Um, and they really need to get that out. But after, um, after that passes and the parent can be a really good sounding board for talking through some different scenarios and solutions for handling a situation, you know, just like with, with anything outside of sports, um, and that's another thing that I didn't mention about the website is there are some tools for communicating with the coach. I think thinking through those, the questions that I suggest that coaches might want to ask parents, I think for parents to think through them too in advance and sort of think about what might be difficult, where are some of the hot buttons going to be? But I think a really key role for parents in addition to providing a safe space and, and really listening so that the parents can know the difference between their, and and no one knows the kid like the parents. So, you know, listen to their gut and really know, is this a situation, you know, my kid is frustrated. Is this their sort of a normal reaction to something that's difficult or is this situation becoming unhealthy and something that I need to step into? Um, But another key role short short of that is often to prop the athlete up. I mean, conveying confidence in the athlete, in the kid, can be preventive as well as after the tough situation. So you're going to say, you can do this. I mean, it's a, a lot like what I offer for coaches about an anxious kid is, you know, you can do this. Let's think of some of the, through some of the strategies, you know, some of the things that, that might be difficult. How can we handle this? You know, what can you think through? What strategies can you put in place? Um, but really to focus on the positives and all of the, and, I, and in saying that, I don't mean in the difficult situation like that. I know that's, that's sometimes a tough ask, but really to share at the get go, all of the, look, you know, you, these are the things that might be difficult, but these are the real strengths that you bring to the program. So don't go in there, you know, hanging your head have the kids watch the videos of the professional Olympic athletes who they talk very frankly about their struggles, but also about how they help their teammates. And 
to really start out from that position so that when something does come up, it's not the end of the world. And it's not, I have no value to this team. It's, this was difficult. How can we handle this differently in the future? So, so sort of to start from the same place that I do with the coaches, here are the things that might be challenges, but here are the reasons why you're, you are a really valuable asset um, to this team or to this situation. This is such Great work. I just want to congratulate you on it. And um, I'm really just excited. I mean, since I launched Tilt, I've, you know, periodically gotten emails from parents who who have been talking about this specific thing, you know, this marriage between being differently wired, but also being a highly gifted athlete and how difficult that can be, uh, because there is such a lack of understanding. So I'm just really excited that you're making this available. And um, before we go, is there anything else that you want to share? And then of course, please tell our listeners where they can connect with you and learn more. Um, sure. One thing that I do want to follow up on that I just passed over real quickly is parents will know, you know, I think when that's when the situation becomes something that where they really do need to step in, but watching for things. And I, I say, I, I don't think this is necessarily news to parents, but it, it could be for, for coaches or people who are new to maybe a new level of the sport, you know, watching for any resistance to going to practice or the games or mood changes or, you know, of course, tears and stomach aches and all those things, because I don't want to pretend that this is easy, that you're just going to send your coach this this information, and it's all going to be great. It can, like school and, and all things that these kids encounter in life, they they have a different experience, and it can be a challenge. So I, I don't want to diminish that. But I think that um, I am really excited, too, about being able to, um, to tap into these kids' strengths and really involve them in, um, in sports in a positive way. I think it's exciting. And I, you know, I, I say I have big dreams and I, I understand, I understand the sports world, you know, well enough to know that it's not going to change overnight. And I'm not going to send this out to all the coaches. They're going to say, Oh yeah, you're totally right. And so I am really gearing up to get the word out there. And I'm, I'm hoping to, to make a tilt to help make a shift. Well, hopefully this episode will help expand awareness of your work and let listeners know um, where we can connect with you online. The best way right now is it's ownbeatathlete.com. And the most helpful thing to do is to subscribe. And I don't email very often. I have a blog that I send out once every two or three weeks. And with that, I, I always try to send you know some other helpful piece of information or highlight something that coaches and parents can use and think about. But that really will help me to get the awareness and start getting coaches and athletic organizations and schools to take notice that this is something that they need to pay attention to. Um, I am on Twitter. I am also on Facebook, but everything there you're also going to find on the website. So I'm trying to direct people to that. And then also by subscribing as I'm putting out videos and new ways of reaching coaches, that'll be the best way to know. Great. Well, listeners, I will leave links on the show notes page so that you can connect and, and subscribe and learn more about Susan's work. Susan, thank you so much. Super cool. I'm so excited. And I wish this had been around when I was a, a young athlete. <laughs> But I'm so glad that you're you're making it available now and, and for the I'm excited to see the change it's gonna make. 
Great. Well, me too. Thank you so much. And I, um, I look forward to following your changes too. I, I say I picked up your book and I felt like, oh my goodness, soulmates. So yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go change the world. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, including a link to Susan's website, Own Beat Athlete, her coach's toolkit, and more, visit tiltparenting.com slash session 145. A quick reminder that my book, Differently Wired, is now available as an audiobook narrated by yours truly. To listen to a sample or to purchase it, just go to amazon.com or to audible.com. And don't forget to leave a rating or a review or both for Tilt Parenting on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. Ratings and reviews help keep this podcast visible in an ever-growing sea of podcasts. So thank you so much for taking the time to support the show that way. And that's all for now. Thank you again for listening. And for more information on Tilt Parenting, you can visit www.tiltparenting.com. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.